0: Welcome to the Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first time readers with no spoilers. This week we'll be covering the prologue and chapter one of The Dragon Reborn, Fortress of the Light and Waiting. Enjoy. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1. Um, so this is Episode 45 for us. Um, yeah, so we're almost at the year mark. Uh, we started this the first week of January. So we're, we're getting closer to that that one year, uh, our first anniversary of, of doing a podcast. So uh, excited to get into Book 3 already. So we're kind of marching right along. We're, we're not close to being done. But hey, <laughs> we're getting there. Um, As far as housekeeping and things going on, um, uh, that nature, um, not much to report uh, since last we recorded. We recorded on, was it Sunday night? So um, yeah, yeah, so we don't have any new patrons. Um, Listeners, we're still getting more more downloads. Um, I think we're over 27,000 now. Social media, we're almost at 300 likes on Facebook, which is kind of cool because I don't do anything on Facebook cool <laughs> uh, I've, I've started actually upping that though i started actually posting more stuff on facebook because i figured i need to to try to uh, spread the wealth and not just be on twitter all the time and then as far as giveaways we did two uh oh, i did two two episodes ago those are still um being sent out i think they're all mailed out they're just on their way so uh nothing new there so yeah nothing nothing really new to report as far as all that stuff goes so i guess we just go right into um uh, personal life unless you guys want have anything else you go to add before we get to that no no oh, yeah let's keep rolling okay. okay so personal life um since sunday we had we had an election we still have an election <laughs> uh <laughs> it's, it's not over yet at least as far as i know i've checked um but that's uh that's all that's really i mean that's that's pretty much been all this new there's nothing else going on in my life <laughs>
1: You gotta put new around Or air quotes around the new Because there's really nothing new About the election It's We've been stalemated for a while And Mm -hmm. man, worst case This could be like another month Uh, Who Who knows knows how crazy they're gonna get Yeah, I don't don't wanna think worse Yeah, anyways And that's why I'm glad we have this podcast And things like this So we can stop watching the stupid news Every now and then It's so aggravating True I agree Yeah well, hey, so um, my world – so I was bragging about how awesome my weekend was and hanging out with the kids and bonfire and four-wheeling and trouncing through the woods. And this time of year, generally, I can stop worrying about poison ivy because um, I'm pretty allergic. I've, I've got it many times as a kid. Uh, but what I didn't factor in was that <clears> – <throat> and it should have clicked when I was still wearing shorts – uh, the weather's been abnormally warm for this late in the year. We, we've got, well, shoot,
2: we haven't had our first frost
1: yet. Haven't had our first frost. So, uh, forgive me if this is a bad term. We called them Indian summers growing up. I don't know if that's is that a bad thing to say now.
0: I don't you know, know if when like the not summer anymore. runs late,
1: we we're talking. I don't about... mean it in, in an offensive way. That's true. yeah.
0: Uh, I guess second summer.
1: <laughs> second summer. There we go. <laughs> like, it's Summer is coming. So, anyways, point being, still all hot. Right. The you know the poison ivy is still pretty active out there, and green and oily. And I got it everywhere. Uh, and we were up all night long, and I peed multiple times We were out there, so I got it uh, everywhere. Oh, no. <laughs> um, luckily, I was able to telework uh, for the rest of the week. I, like I was okay Monday, but then by Tuesday after I voted, like the blisters were just everywhere. Uh, so I'm hopped up on steroids. But I can't go to the gym because people will freak out because I'm covered in blisters. Um, so I've just been eating lots of steaks. Mm. Like I, I ate a New York strip and two little filet mignons wrapped in bacon tonight and pistachios. That was my freaking dinner. That's awesome. So not yeah. really. I'm, I'm going to put on like another 20 pounds by, by the time I'm done with this. But anyways, yeah. Way <laughs> to go, Prednisone. Okay. So what's worse, um, poison ivy or jellyfish? Down, down. Below, uh, poison ivy, definitely okay. worse, yeah, because the because you almost have to stay naked and let it air out. uh mm. which, I, I guess I've been able to do quite a bit with teleworking, I just close my curtains and all that jazz. But uh, yeah. when you put on the shorts and underwear, like if you sweat at all, mm. it, it makes spread. it worse and sp- yeah, spreads and itches more, and it's not mm. cool. You just gotta mm. stick a fan on it and <laughs> okay, yeah. rub, rub some lotion on it, you know.
2: I was just about to say you probably lose a lot of protein that way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to burn those calories.
0: Yeah. Uh, there you go. All right.
2: How about you, Chris? What's going on? Oh man, so we're still dealing with the mold situation at the house, and I'm mm. now in another house. Like this is like the revolving year of me in and out of other people's homes. Eventually, I'm going to settle. Like another year or two. Um that I want to jump around so much. But um you know, I had somebody come out and I didn't have somebody come out. Somebody came out, the owner sent him out. I thought it was a mold guy, like I've been asking for, and he was checking on the structure of the home. I'm like, what purpose do you serve? Um, I mean, I understand if there's moisture under the house then that could be indicative of other issues, so it was good thinking for that per- purpose, but I'm like I just every time I walk in this house within 30 minutes I have a headache, which means there's mold, Mm. which means I need the situation resolved, or else I got I got to move again. So yeah, I am now Mm. set up. I'm like two days behind on everything. So you know, being the normal me, multitasking through my life and enjoying every moment of it. (laughs) Sure.
0: Okay.
1: That sucks. yeah i um i don't actually in a way i envy you but not at the same time like i did the couch surfing for a couple of years and then i threw in like eight months on a boat almost a full year on a boat Mm. and it can be fun but when you're when you're trying to settle down also in career and school that hopping around makes it very difficult so yeah yeah i'll pray for you brother yeah
0: so as far as predictions go um since we're getting a new book, rather than just find predictions from the end of the books, I don't think we really had any new predictions per se. I was more just wrapping everything up and, and a lot of stuff just was revealed. Um, I just grabbed a few from our that we haven't revisited in a while. Um, just kind of go over those. Unless you guys have some you want to add, uh, feel free to. But I just, you know, grabbed a few. Um so one was that Rand is Land's nephew that nephew Mm -hmm. yeah that was that was one that that ran was we we were
1: we were were spitballing there Mm -hmm.
0: okay uh another one was moraine was uh hbic yep ted bitch in in charge yeah
1: yeah Yeah,
0: um heron's gonna become werewolf
1: i hope so that'd be cool
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh moraine is black aja and Rand and Elaine are going to be in a relationship. That was when they when Rand first fell in. You guys
1: predicted that. Fell into the garden. It's a it's a low percentage, but I won't count out Moraine being Black Aja. Okay. I know that sounds crazy at this point, but I won't I won't rule it out. Yeah, that's not really a
2: thought mm-hmm. for
0: me anymore. Moraine is the savior okay. of life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I could take that off the predictions if you guys want, or Ian wants to keep it yeah, off, Chris you know. wants to take it off. Yeah, no
1: no need to bring it back up. If if I read something moving on that leads me to it again, I'll bring it up again, but it's such okay. a low percentage. Yeah.
0: All right. And we'll, we'll take that off the list for now. It might come back. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, let's jump right into this prologue, which... Um, it's one of the. It's it's a good prologue. Uh, it's it's really a continuation. I think of the prologue from the last um, book. So last book, remember the prologue was the the dark friend social, um, and I feel like this is the prologue that just kind of attaches to that one. And we'll get into that. But um, it's called the Fortress of Light. Is the name of the prologue, and the icon is the sunburst of the white cloaks. So we didn't talk about the name. Um, I don't think in the last one, this said probably like chapter one. So, um, you guys learn what the fortress of the light is during this chapter, but it's, it's the yeah. head place for the white cloaks. Happy to be here. Very excited. Yeah. All right. So we start, we start this chapter off with a prophecy. Um, it's just like, uh, a lot of books do start with that. Um, on the end with the prophecies are something for the fourth age or something like that. So, uh, I don't know what you guys thought about that prophecy. If you guys took notes on that, can one of y'all read it? I don't have it in front of me. And his paths shall be many, and who shall know his name? For he shall be born among us many times, in many guises, as he has been and ever will be, time without end. His coming shall be like a sharp edge of a plow, turning our lives in furrows from out of places where we lie in our silence. The breaker of bonds the forger of chains, the maker of futures, the unshaper of destiny. From the commentaries of the prophecies of the dragon, Jorath Duran, the right hand, to the queen of, of Almoran, 742, after breaking the third age. So, yeah, so it starts with the prophecy. Do you guys have any thoughts about that prophecy?
1: So I, I do. Our last guest host, um, the, the the prophecy or whatever that was read at the end, Mm -hmm. um she she made a point about how the tone was different and Mm -hmm. so I kind of took note of that this time also and then I started thinking about all of the different ones um and then I started thinking about how you know we just read about how different stories as they go on from place to place and generation to generation you know some of the details change but then some of the main characters same stay the same way and then we have prophecies about the dragon that are in, in different ages, because some of them are third age. and Right. Like, what age was this one? This one was third age or fourth age? Or... This, was th- this was third age. Right. And so the tone's a little bit different. So it's like, we're repeating this cycle. We have very similar story, but just slight differences. And, and the tone of it in a couple of these are very different. Like, early on, it was like, the dragon is like this doomsday, horrible, going to break everything. Uh, And then what we're getting end of last book and what we're getting to now has a more happy, hopeful tone. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but this one isn't even completely negative towards the dragon Mm -hmm. or, or whoever this person is that, you know, is coming to break the bonds and all that jazz. And I mean, yeah, a rough plow, but, I know a few people that enjoy that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> uh, Let me pour some more wine. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> oh, man. So then after that, it goes right to Pedro Nile, um, who's the head, the, the Lord Captain Commander of the Light White Cloaks. And he's in his chamber. Chambers. It kind of gives a description of that chamber and uh, by our, our good friend Chad Byer is there um to to talk about the events, so let's start there. Well, I love the
2: description of the the Lord Captain Commander is that this official title like I love yep. that in and of itself. He's like, yeah, I've got this title, and it's kind of pointless. it's kind of meaningless, like he's surrounded by banders of prior enemies, and they're just fading away and there's a lot of emphasis on that, like, things fading to the past. So that mm-hmm. that stuck out to me big mm-hmm. time when I first started listening to what was being said. And then they paint him in this light of, like, awe from the the outside, but then internally he's just kind of, like, realizing his time is coming. So I just like the parallels of what okay. people think of him versus what he's thinking of himself. So it's just very interesting thoughts that he was, that were running through his head and, you know, just showing that, you know, he is mortal and that he has these different things that he has to deal with on top of just personal want.
0: So, yeah. What was your thoughts about the description of the chamber that
1: uh, Petra Nile uh, is in his, his, his chambers, Do you have anything that starts? I mean, yeah, the obvious stood out. I I think this is what Jordan was trying to show. Um, And at first I thought this was how all of the children of the light and all of the white cloaks, um, how they lived. But everything is very simple and practical and functional, but not focused on comfort. Um, And even though he's the Lord Captain Commander and he has a few extra bedazzles in his room. Um, it's it's still pretty you know he he thinks about how nice it'd be to have a little cushion but then he's like ah, no nah, I don't need that you know so he's lived this long hard life obviously he's had to work to where work pretty hard to get where he's at Um, but as far as creature comforts he doesn't have much to show for it so initially okay. I'm thinking oh well you know they're just very pious and this is how all of these people are uh, and then, you know, as as we get further ahead, there's at least some examples of people that enjoy the finer things. So it, it, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make sure you get full of ink tar and think, like, there's got to be something more than all of this suffering. <laughs> and, like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I put them on my list as somebody to keep an eye on for doing some batshit crazy things. Yeah. You know.
0: And he has a piece of paper. And the piece of paper has a face on it some person that uh, he doesn't necessarily recognize cause he's never met this person before, but it's very obvious who this is. So, uh, and they talked about this at the end of last book that there were these people around mm-hmm. the dragon, the reborn. dragon
2: reborn. What are they calling him now? Are they actually calling him Randolph <laughs> Floor. give him
0: a cooler name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and we get a little recap here of a lot of things, you know, because he starts going through about Luce Theron and the dragon and and what his personal thoughts are about the dragon being reborn. Um, you also get this that there's fighting everywhere, like civil wars broken out, war, nations are fighting each about other. The world
2: being thrown into um, chaos when the dragon was reborn. Yeah. Kind of sounds like, you know, yeah. Yeah. prophecy being fulfilled. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, Depending on which prophecy from which age you're reading, the dragon being reborn could be a really bad thing, or it could be a hopeful thing. And people that are freaking out are clearly clinging to the more negative views of what's supposed to happen with this dragoon.
2: If you're looking from the perspective of the people looking to gain from the chaos, like our friend here who's looking to make his name last through the ages... Like that's the thing that really stuck out to me is Mm -hmm. he's worried about his legacy. And we'll get into that as we go along. Yeah, that pride sinking in. You know, as age sinks in,
1: pride can do the same at times. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. You want to leave some kind of mark. You don't want to just die and then immediately the next person takes your spot and you're immediately forgotten. I mean, Mm -hmm. most of us would be lucky if two generations passed us. Talk about us or look at pictures, but if you can that, make if you can make the books that last hundreds of years, or if you could be part of engraving that last thousands of years, that's when you think about it. There ain't a whole lot of people in our human existence that achieve that, you know. So someone in his position, mm-hmm. in a time like this, um, if he has the pride sinking in, that that's something that that could motivate him in a very negative way. Sure.
2: We we do but, learn that this is a man with far reach. Like he's listened to child Byard and he's hearing what he has to say, knowing that what he's saying is partially true and that he's missing some details. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, some of the same um, definitive statements remain, which really suck for our friend Perrin. But other than that, (laughs) I feel so bad for Perrin. Uh, but it also shows you how limited yeah. we are as readers in um, the sense that our scope of knowledge of the, the different points of views are still limited to the few that have been written about. And then there's a ton that are just alluded to, which just, you know, comes across. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting because we we'll never know the full of the story. We'll never know where, you know, the Lord Captain Commander is getting all this information and we won't know how far his reach really goes.
1: Yep. Yeah, so I small tangent, and I'm jumping ahead six years from now. But at some point, Chris, you and I will be able to take everything that has been written in these books and actually have conversations about trying to piece it all together and see where all the dots connect. <laughs> and I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's going to be fun. Yeah. So now we get this report from Bayar. He's talking, to, you know, and obviously, um, uh, Pedro, Pedro and Nile is a little upset because thousands of children have died. Uh, thousands of the White Cloaks died. Uh, Byer said the Aes Sedai did it. Um, he said he saw it with his own eyes. Uh, and then he says, well, they repeat the three oaths. And said, well, obviously, they don't follow the three oaths. So, you know, the Aes Sedai must serve the Dark One. Uh, and that Chen are dark friends, too. And Pedro and said, well, it doesn't make sense. Like, why... Why would they fight if they were dark friends? Like why? It doesn't like there's stuff that's just not adding up. Yeah, he's, trying to he's, he's getting
2: information from all over the place, and he's trying to really make heads or tails of it all. Like, who are the real enemies here? And like I said, we we do have these mm-hmm. this missing piece, and you want to throw in assumptions that are being made, so it's kind of mixing things up. And the biggest right. you know missing piece is the reality that the Shanshin are real mm-hmm. and that they have their own set of to mm-hmm. Sedai, and they're not really Aes Sedai. They're just, you know, the collared ones.
0: So. Right, but from the White folks' perspective, yeah, they don't know
2: that. That's, that's why I have so much yeah. confusion is mm-hmm. that, that simple fact right there, so. I,
1: I think this is something that when I was younger, I would have gotten angry about reading. Like, you know, how could you totally misconstrue and like F this up? Like, clearly that's not what was happening. Um, But this is something I've been very stupid about growing up. And I've had to get older to understand that um, the truth isn't just the truth. And, you know, it's not like this is 100% the way things are and what happened and everything else is a lie. Like everybody has a different perspective that their version of the truth is based on where they're standing and what they see, but it also is based on how they've been raised and what they already think they know and what their morals and principles and, and everything is. So <clears throat> when you add it all up, I guess that's a long way of getting to the point you're making, Alan. From his perspective, mm-hmm. he's not telling a lie. He probably would, would you know wager his life on the, the news he's given right now. And he'd, he'd swear Mm -hmm. that, you know, this is Tarvalon, you know, waging war um, and, and swear that this parent guy is somehow behind it as a dark friend. And as the reader, we're screaming, we're like, no, that's not it. You moron. But Mm -hmm. that's, that's his point of view. That's his perspective. That's what he saw. And he's filling Mm -hmm. in the gaps of what he doesn't know with what he's been raised on and, and the fears that have been instilled in him, you know? So it's, it's shitty, but right. this happens all the time. If we have lawyers out there that work in family court, good, good God, that's that's something I've had to swallow. Everybody's got their own version yeah. of the truth, you know. It's yeah.
0: Crazy. What What's the old saying? There's three sides to every story. There's the one side, the other yeah. side, then the
1: actual truth. So yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm less mad about reading this. Disappointed, but not mad.
0: Yeah. So um, yeah, and and he also reports that Bornhold was the one who pushed the Sean Chan back before he met his demise, which we know as readers is not hundred percent true. Um, but yeah, they're going to take credit for it. The Sean Chan fled. So hmm. the white Cloaks did that, you know, they, they won the battle, uh, despite they lost thousands. Um, and at this point, Niall, uh, Pedro, Pedro Niall dismisses Bayar um, and tells him to go ahead and, and find Dane. Um, uh, uh Jeff from Bornhold's son to give a message. And before Bayard leaves, he says, One more thing we were betrayed by a young blacksmith named Perrin from the Two Rivers. Um, that he had met this dark friend before and he saw him there, and he has to, he, he must have something to do with all this.
1: And then Bayard leaves. Poor so, Perrin. Yeah. Even though his <laughs> yeah. parents had some cool side stories and his development as this wolf brother, very cool, right? But still, from the beginning of the story until now, he's just been along for the ride. And he's slung his axe a couple times. I mean, there's been moments, mm-hmm. right? But in sure. the big picture of pushing this storyline along, he's like, well, I mean, Rand's going, so I guess I'll go. And then he's like, well, Rand's <laughs> being a bitch, so I'm going to hang out with Matt. And then, but he's still just kind of going along with the flow. Well, now he's he's about to get sucked in, like, and yep. at no fault of his own. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to see a lot of uh, unfortunate, uh, yeah, really cool shit come out of parent in this book. Right. So between
0: uh, anything else from this, before we move on to the next character coming in. No, I'm excited for the next character. Fane. fame. Oh, right. uh, yeah. Yeah, but oh. before, before him, uh, before, oh, before, yeah. before anybody else, you have... Uh, yeah, Mickey you know, Coulton. we kill him and be down with uh, <laughs> so <laughs> So, um, but before that, then, uh, Niall is thinking about, he got a little internal mo- or dialogue in his head about um, that it must be all fake dragons. Aiel have been spotted um, outside the Waste. The folk are all looking for something. The Great Hunt has been called. Ogears are meeting. Um, Aes Sedai are marching towards uh, this guy named Taim up in Saldea, who must be a fake false dragon as well. Um, And that was a false dragon fall. He thinks the last battle has to become insane. Um, And that's kind of his thought process. All this stuff going on can't just be coincidence.
1: I actually, I love, I think this guy's pretty wise and smart. Good reader of people. Uh, Nihilist, first thought. He sits down, he's like, What's the big deal about this Perrin guy? Like, why does he hate him so much? I mean, there's dark friends. We run into dark friends all over the place. There must be something specific about this relationship between Byron and Perrin. Uh, Mm -hmm. And at least the way I read it, he's questioning more of Byron's intentions than Perrin's actual dark friend. Yeah, yeah.
2: he is really, Mm -hmm. he's trying to determine whether or not it's worth going after Perrin. And he's like, it's just one more name to add to the Mm -hmm, list. We'll put the name to Pacify, and just in case, you know, kind of like the FBI does. But we won't
0: (laughs) really. (laughs) Yep. Right. And then we get uh, Jacob Carradine comes in. He's one of the questioners. We had met him last book. Uh, last book, uh, Jake and Carradine, uh, he, was, he was the one who gave Bornhold uh, the orders to stay away from Falma and just go hunt random dark friends on Almuth Plain, and Bornhold disobeyed Jacob and Carradine's orders. orders. Um, so if you remember that guy, um, I don't know if you figured out who else he is yet. <laughs> he is a dark friend. But, dark yeah.
2: friend is he? I can't remember the name of yes. the dark friends that were in the
0: meeting.
1: The, the bo- man yeah, that called himself to a war- Bors. Bors. Thank you. Bors with an
0: S, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, could be him. I mean, he has a white cloak. He has a dark Mm. front. But he's also a little bitch. I
3: mean... (laughs) Yeah. I like
2: the way he walks in uh, with so much still calmness. Like, he is in charge. Like, the minute that he walked in with Mm -hmm. that type of an air, I'm like, this is a man that's dangerous. And if I were in the Lord Captain Commander's seat, I would definitely have a really close eye on him. Which it seems like he does. Like, this Lord Captain yeah. Commander, mm-hmm. like, he seems to be on top of his A-game at all times. Because he's like, yeah, I'm going to bring this dude in. And mm-hmm. he always speaks to me almost as if we were equals. So let me make sure I mm-hmm. feed into that for a little bit and then put him in his place. Which I I, I like the Lord Captain Commander yep. for that. Mm-hmm. Out of this chapter, he is by far my yeah.
0: my favorite character. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, he does. He does kind of prop him up a little bit, talk about the good things he did do, but then kinda gives him a hard time about not going to Falnay and helping Bornhold. And he's like, Well, Bornhold disobeyed me. He was obviously a dark friend. And now he is like, Well, the Shantan were dark friends, right? And you're saying Bornhold dark friend, but they fought each other, right? So why the dark friend's body need the, their story doesn't make sense like none of it makes sense like it's not logical <laughs> either he's dark friend or he's not a dark friend it doesn't make it's like it's like well you know the plots of the dark one can be you know whatever uh he's like whatever <laughs> i'm not buying it it's basically yeah. uh, uh neil uh pedra neil's not buying it and he
2: realizes that he's uh, got a card here he's like i'm gonna take full advantage of this situation, I'm going to make this man work for his his lies, for his incompetency. Mm-hmm. So, again, Lord Captain Commander, man after my own heart. And then he, he realizes the opportunity right. to you know, essentially become a monarch. Like, he's looking to take over everything. So, he like mm-hmm. comes up with the plot. He's like, you yeah. know, I know you're screwing around. I know there's something iffy going on I'm all right with it. This is what I need you to do. Yeah. If not, I'm going to kill you in your sleep. Yeah. So you really got two choices. Like, do what I tell you to
0: do yeah. or die.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But before we get there, like he does actually, you know, talks about shan'che and says, I guess carried logic was the reason why the dark friends is for two reasons. One, no one can cross the ocean. Therefore they're lying. To they yeah, have watches for the dark the way gates friends. like this, um, a <laughs> thing.
1: yeah. Well, so the earth is flat, so there's no flying or sailing around the world, you'll just go off the edge, Duh. right? Exactly, and it's Duh. flat because but that's all flying, I know. Can't they just fly uh, under the world and then I'm come up there? Uh,
0: there's a giant turtle under there. So, That's not how gravity works. The spaghetti yeah. monster
1: gets you, like with the exactly. noodles that fall over the edge. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. and, yeah, <laughs> this is common knowledge, man. Like <laughs> yeah. this is why I went to the D three school um, I went to
2: the
1: D one school. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh, No, nobody got D's at my school, my friend. Poor yeah. uh, <laughs> girls. Um, okay, <laughs> oh. just just kidding. I did. <laughs>
0: I did. I was the one. <laughs> Oh, you missed Chris's zing there. I said, poor girls. <laughs> he said, he said, he said, poor girls. <laughs> now I got the bean in the pool. It was William <laughs> & you know, Maybe no girls got huh. the bean. Anyway, uh, definitely
1: said. <laughs> <laughs> don't, uh, please don't tell those jokes while I'm sipping my wine. I just stained, I just stained my wall. And it's fucking flat paint. I'm screwed. <laughs> Uh anyways No, no well <laughs> I'd rather write my name on it now.
0: <laughs> so yeah so uh, uh Pedro Nile changes the conversation to about Rand, asks what he knows about him. Karen doesn't know anything about him, pretty much, says I don't know. He says, Well I'll hunt him for you. I'll hunt this Rand guy for you. Um and this is where Nile like gets really upset, uh Pedro Nile and um and it starts blaming him for his failings, and that's where he kind of starts breaking them down, so we can throw this zinger in at the end. Uh, which it's just a big gamble for him. I mean, you think about what he's doing; it's it's blasphemy. It's 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 heretical for th- these these zealots. What he's about to do, but yeah, he throws it out there
1: anyway. He does a decent job of selling it. Um yeah. So, it, and it's couple of layers he threatens the guy obviously like okay it doesn't matter what i'm saying right now either do what i'm gonna say or do what i'm telling you or look even if something happens to me i've look i've already given your name to somebody who's going to take care of you and your freaking family right Mm -hmm. so but then he also sells it with the story about letting the lion loose or whatever Mm -hmm. and more it's more like uh i don't want you to kill him yet Let's yeah. get the people to fear him some. Let's let some chaos happen, and then we come in and knock some heads together. And then, because we save the day, everybody's going to listen
2: to That's us. The United States.
1: Yeah, I will right. say. <clears throat> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Well. Hmm. Well, uh, we as, as, yeah, as a military so officer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes we have tactics. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> um. But, okay, so I made a note at this point. Uh, So remember early on, I kind of questioned him, like, okay, because of where he's at and he's having these prideful thoughts, maybe we have to be concerned of what he's thinking about for his personal glory. But then, okay, when he suggests pretty quickly that we need to keep this dragon alive, uh, I start thinking about all these spy movies where, like, shit's hitting the fan, right? Um, but then you have the old dudes on all the different sides that have been in the game for so long that they they have like these back channel communications where they dial each other up and they're like, hey yo, my prez is thinking about doing this, but uh, blah 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 blah. So I'm thinking maybe this guy, uh, the Lord Captain Commander, actually has some communication and connection with various factions out there. Maybe even he's connected with Moraine and he knows what's going on, and so he's just playing his part to try and keep Rand alive. Like, he was just very quick to want to uh, defend Rand or this new dragon, or false dragon, or whatever they're calling him. Um, so anyways, I, I got suspicious here in a good way. Like, maybe you know, maybe there's some future friendship that we're going to learn about.
0: hmm Maybe. And at this point, that's where... Yeah, Niles. Niles uh, the President Niles uh dismisses him after this, he says, you know, you have your task. Go keep brand safe. Kill the Isidai's that oppose him, and if not, I'll kill you. Bye. Get out of here. So now he has <laughs> his own personal white
2: army him. that he knows nothing about. He's collecting armies from all sides.
1: Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Good strategy.
0: Yeah, and then after Carradine leaves, enter our good a, a new person, yeah, right? Or dance, day, right? Hey, my a, boy, <laughs>
2: the most hated since book one. He gets around. <laughs> nah, in book one, I never could have thought in a million years <laughs> that he would become everything that he is right now. I knew he was going to be a hated character, but for him <laughs> to be like on top of the world, like he's been in the middle of or met with all of the main bad guys. That we've seen so far, or good guys pretend bad guys pretending to be good, or really just the power players. I don't even know if Padden Fane could be considered good or bad at this. He yeah. just yeah. is at this point.
1: Yeah. It's so he's also like he's made a couple bad choices, but he's like this horrible victim of uh, various dark entities. So I don't want to say I feel bad for him, but you're also like, oh, man, that sucks, like what happened to him. I guess you do feel bad a little bit. I will say, I, I'll have to go back and re-listen to it, uh, and I certainly didn't think Pat Fane would turn into anything like what he's become, or probably will become, but I do remember getting a bad vibe just in his character in general, and his willingness to stretch the truth and switch his stories up just in such a way to, you, you know, he he craves that attention Uh and just his physical presence, he just seems like the guy that would do whatever, say whatever to get people to like him, to, you know, find control where he never had it. Yeah. Something to yeah. that effect. So, yeah. yeah. He, he's definitely sure. playing into that and then some.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Ordeath means warm wood <laughs> in the old tongue. And, and, and Treasure knows it's a fake name right away. Like, who would name themselves Warmwood anyway? Like, that's like, any sense. Um and you know, um and and our our friend ordee hmm. our our patent Faint, whatever we to call him, uh he he recognizes the drawing um on the on the on the I guess of, of Rand, and immediately he's like, Oh, Randolph Thor from the Two yeah, Rivers. He's, he's a dark friend now. Of the <laughs> he like,
2: knows exactly how to manipulate these conversations.
0: It's like yeah. two, and then and Pedro, Pedro Nava's and like two rivers. Why does that keep coming up? It's in the middle of nowhere. Him. Like, why did you? Like, it's like he's like, what do you? He's like, and Nordi's like, what do you mean? He keeps coming up. I guess yeah. Like I was talking about another guy from the two rivers. Guess would yeah. be Matt Cawthon or Perrin Albar.
1: <laughs> Just call them out by name, like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, there's there's nothing more. Um I don't know what the word is. I'm thinking powerful, but it's not that. But like when you jump in a conversation where the person or persons think they're the only ones who know about something, think they're talking mm-hmm. about something that is such close circle and then you just drop facts that they already know and then some very casually mm-hmm. like that will <laughs> That will make a two-star general sit upright in a seat. Um yep. and and I've and I've done that where they assumed I didn't know and um I gave them what they knew and then some. And yeah, so this is um pretty pretty cool the way our long nosed fellow here is <laughs> very casually taking control of the conversation mm-hmm. and putting himself in a position of influence and power. Yeah.
2: Completely agree. Definitely. I'd love to be in the room where you drop that knowledge on somebody. So yeah, um, I can see like the smirk on your face, like, <laughs> yeah,
1: gotcha." <laughs> I, I only. I, I'm. I'm generally the quiet guy in the room, but when I go to talk, that generally means that there's something significant to say. Because I'm. I'm not going to speak and make a fool of myself. So. I, I save it. It's only once in a blue moon, but when I do it, it kind of gets everybody back on track.
0: All right. And then we end this scene with, with uh, Dahl saying, you know, hey, we, we probably need to make plans to do something about the two rivers then after the snow clears from the winter. So, dun-dun-dun. Looks like there might be a, something yeah, happening to yeah, rivers. Take later. A time we'll see. <laughs> <gonna jump. laughs> uh, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: There you go. And, uh, go wouldn't back it be horrible well? if would it be horrible if like that's when Tam finally decided to go find the boys and ran and like he left because if, if they show up there if Tam's there and we got uh, parents dead I mean there's there's potential to put up a resistance you know or or maybe use the geography to their advantage but if Tam's gone they're fucked and the way these stories are written by an author you know, all like their manathrin blood that's is going to be unlocked
2: get. when an approaching hmm. army comes, and they're going to rise up and fight against and win.
1: Hmm. Okay. And, unless unless Nynaeve's trial was actually showing a true vision of what's going on, and there's nothing but a bunch of bitches Or maybe all the, the women rivers.
2: will begin channeling.
1: A lot of possibilities. Uh, yeah. I'd like to see yeah. Tam find another story to dice them up. <laughs> there you go. yeah hey you you brought it up alan and this is your tangent
0: (laughs) i I know that's fine that's great these are these are all great great uh great predictions or theories (laughs) and we'll we'll see if any of them actually come true
1: you can tell can can i say can you tell like at the end of the last book a lot of what we had info on like really came together and then there was a couple chapters after where they were, you know, Jordan was getting ready for not just the next next book, but books to come. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Chris, but I almost feel like I'm starting over in my understanding of what might be happening in the future. Like Yeah, I'm I always feel from the scratching. same. Like it
2: was refreshing to end mm-hmm. book two because it was like not as many questions, but then so many more questions. It's okay, I got <laughs> That makes absolutely no sense, and I think that's the whole purpose. Like Jordan's like on a feed, he's like, "I want to feed you enough to make you feel good about your life, and to make you want to buy the next book because you have everybody bowing down to Randolph Thor." So it's like, does he accept his calling? Does he go? Of course, like that's first thing. Like, welcome to the camp. Well, I'm I'm skipping ahead. Excuse me. Anyway. Yeah, like yeah. he draws us right in, like so, yeah. in the last page of the book. Like way to create the ultimate cliffhanger. If I had yeah. to wait for these books to come out every year, like I did Harry Potter or Game of Thrones, which I'm still <laughs> waiting on, I would be still like if I ever saw Martin in the street, yeah. I'd smack the shit out of him. If Jordan did this to me, I'd smack the shit out of him too. <laughs> <laughs> you jerk!
1: Exactly. No. Give me your notes. I want to know. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, just, I just feel like I'm, I'm a new reader all over again. So, yeah. yeah. I'm going to make some wild guesses.
0: There you go. So at, at this point, we switch back to our, our good friend and He's walking through uh, the hallway back to his chamber, um, gets into his room, his, uh, describes you know his room, and he's looking for his manservant, and starts calling for him and realizes he's not alone in the room. Out of the shadows, dun, dun, dun. from the darkness, I will form. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: If this, this is also something that would be freaky if I read it as a young reader. I'd be like, oh no, he's, <laughs> he should be by himself, but he's not. But uh, I a long time ago, I gave into that shit and I picked up the strategy of if I really think there's like monsters or dark friends or shady shit there, I'm just going to play it cool and be like, yo, what's up, bro? Gosh. Is this like my chance to try out for like the monster team? Because I've always wanted to be one of you all. And, and, you know, I would just try and butter them up and, and join the team. You know what I mean? And it's, it's mentally that, and emotionally that strategy's worked for me. I think so. Yeah. Or use double tap. I, mean- well, I mean, if, <laughs> if I'm carrying, you know, if I got some silver bullets and shit, and some. Garlic blasters <laughs> or whatever it takes.
2: It really makes you think these characters are spying in the darkness. Yeah, they can ride the yeah, shadow and come right and beat mm-hmm. any like, shadow. At any moment they could just pop up on you. Like that's like that one auntie that you just don't want to hear from. Yeah, and all it, of a sudden she comes knocking on
0: the door. It's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> And you get something else. He looks. At, he looks in the mirror, and everything's crisp and clear in his room, except for the Merzal, who's just a blur in the mirror. I mean, it's there. It's not like he's invisible, mm. like a vampire, but he's he's a blur. Hmm. Um. And then he asks, you know, who do you serve? And he starts that whole entire conversation, which doesn't really end well for Carrot no, at, at first, or actually at all. <laughs> but um, not at all. Um. You know, he's he's you know, he knows if he, anybody ever hears him, he's screwed. So he's not trying to say that he serves the great lord. So he's trying to be quiet about it. The fade's not having it at all. He's like who he <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Finally he says he serves the great lord. The fade asks him, you know, why is he not on the plane like he's supposed to be. The fade gets super pissed and you know, lifts him up. I've so done like that chuck before hold, guys like chokehold and
2: that's an interesting feeling
0: <laughs> I bet you have
1: <laughs> yeah unless I run into a very small person I'm probably not going to do that um it has nothing to do with strength it's it's just I'm so short like I would have to fully extend my arm and get on my tippy toes to grab your neck Chris so there's there's nothing left to lift after that. I'd have give me a step stool. Hold on. Don't move, Chris. Hold on. Let me get a stool. Gotcha. Oh, I Ugh. love this scene
2: because it's so dramatic. Yeah. It's got a flair to it for almost no reason. Like the merger in my mind before this scene were kind of mindless. You know, like they're the commanders and everything, but in my mind, they were just greater puppets of the dark one. Now we're seeing him like taking pleasure and like actively torturing our our friend here. So I'm like, our question
1: and showing hmm. off his power and his yeah. strength.
2: So these were clearly like greedy dominance. men at one point Bam, in time bro. that loved their power so much that they wanted to expand it beyond what it was. And even once they've entered hmm. into the shadow, they still hold on to that that greed and that need to show their power and it's kind of a sad existence when this is your life forever. Like that's, yep. that's all you have to go by.
1: Yep. And you know, I, I hate to always try and read into the motivations behind people that do shitty things, but he, I underline this. He gave the line, you will be years and dying human. Do you understand me? And there's this focus on, it's not just, you know, you fuck with me. I'm going to kill you. Um, it's, it's torture and pain. and, Most people that haven't experienced that level of pain or any kind of torture would, you know, you ask them, what's the worst thing that can happen? People go death, dying. That's the worst thing. No, that is not the worst thing that can happen to you. There are are far worse things in life than dying. The trouble is you don't really understand that unless you've experienced it. So someone giving those type of threats of, you know, I'll take away everything that you love. I'll bring about like the most excruciating pain that you can imagine And you'll have Mm. to endure it. Eventually you'll die, but you're going to go through this shit. You got to think like that's coming from somebody that has lived that type of torture and pain and suffering. Well, no, I, 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 not that I'm trying to, you know, feel bad for a, a, I completely understand what
2: you're saying. Like you, you can live in these moments. We had that conversation. Like when we, when we were back in March and April and everything, you live in these, you can live in moments of like depression, anxiety, you can live in these deep moments where, you know, you wish you were no longer in this world. But, you you know, you don't want to be selfish, so then you continue to sure. torture, torture yourself and suffer through things. And then you hear about different situations. Like I um, had a friend of a friend of a friend who was talking about um, somebody having an abortion, and I'm like you know, my mom could have just as easily made that decision for me and just, like, not had me or my siblings. So, like, that that thought constantly, right like, rolls through my mind when stuff like that is brought up. It's, like, a continual torture that I put myself through when I think about those concepts. And that's worse than actually being dead because you think about, well, what if? Sometimes just this uncertainty and the unknown can just Embed itself into your mind so bad that just kills you. Yeah,
1: there, there's there's some mental torment and torture out there that's 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 far worse than death. Death is it it mm-hmm. happens and then you either move on to someplace else if that's the thing, <laughs> or yeah. you don't. But either way, pain's over. Like I mean, I mean Anyways, I I don't want to go down too dark of a hole, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, I actually for, for a brief moment, like I, I read that and I was like, <laughs> I thought to myself, man, what did, what did this, what did this fade go through to like, feel this way to, to know like what, what pain is like that poor guy like I kind of want to sit down on a sofa with him and have a beer and talk about, <laughs> talk about life, like, have you ever That's thought funny. about like not being in the shadows, well, like,
2: you want to just, you know, I come on, really feel sorry for come on home. Pain,
1: step out for a minute. Well, I I hinted at that. Let's think about it. He's just look at his physical characteristics, right? So probably as a young child, he might've been picked on or bullied. It's not like physically he was in a position to stand up for himself. And then at one point he was given an opportunity to choose, be like, all right, you can be everybody's little bitch that they kick around and push and tease or whatever, or, you know, you could come work for me and, you know, I'll give you a position of stature or whatever. And we could disagree with that decision, but that decision makes sense to me, right? Like his his life might not have been that great beforehand. And he makes that one little bad choice for good reasons. He just wanted to be able to feel good about himself. And it took him down this path of, torture and abuse and conditioning to, to just try and be a tool for the dark one to be a hound. And then when he tries to break free from that, he has this run-in and uh what is it? Shatter Logoth and and mm. the the blending with more death and everything. And it's just taken this twisted turn. But it all comes down to this like Yeah, maybe selfish decision, but not really selfish decision. He just he just yeah. wanted to have not have such a sucky life, hmm. poor guy. <laughs> and now mm-hmm. he's like and then we more have this evil, poor than
2: inquisitor, evil, or evil questioner. Where did I get inquisitor <laughs> from? I think that's from Harry Potter. So, so we, they get, we, up. They we, we get him. Too. And, you know, I I want to know. Yeah. He almost seems trapped in his role too, which really sucks. Um, for such a steely guy. He became mm-hmm. a a, a biatch
0: yeah. quite quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we've got so he has he has Pedro nail nail on one side saying he has to keep Rand alive or he'll he'll die or he has to kill Rand or every month he doesn't kill Rand a family member of him his will die until there's no family members left and then he'll be taken to Um Shell Gul. Itself, and we know that the, dark, uh, you know, the Lord of the Dark or whatever, like,
2: he, he prefers people just as dead as he does <laughs> alive, so there's no escaping this one.
1: Honestly, it's not even a difficult decision. If you told me, it doesn't matter what it is, if somebody told me, all right, option A is you die, or option A is your family, your children, everybody you ever loved dies, well, I would take the option where where I die. I would still try and dodge it and fight it. But this, this seems like an <laughs> like easy
0: choice for me. Yeah. And then, yeah, Keratin does agree, and the fade has gone, and he turns around, just disappears into the shadows. And his servant comes in. He's pissed. He slaps his servant around, which kind of weird, I guess. Yeah. Um, takes it out of his servant um, and then demands paper and pen to send a message, but thinks what message to send. And that's the end of the prologue.
1: All right. So, Alan, I don't want to go total cycle analyzing, but we're we're here. We've been doing it. Um, you say his servant walks in, and he just slaps him around. And you think that's weird. That's not weird. That is that is a reaction of somebody who is is completely out of control, but mm-hmm. wants to be in control. He yes. has all of he has all of these people trying to force him into a decision and he feels like he's not able to decide on his own. He feels like he's in an impossible place. He's desperate to be in control. He's emotionally uh, immature, so he he acts out with anger and physical violence like that. I don't know you if you if you it sit does. back and watch people long enough, that shit happens all the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not excusing it, but. Yeah, I, I get it it makes sense to me and th- these these are little nuances that i think jordan there's no way jordan accidentally wrote that in there right like, there's... super smart and wise and understanding of just humanness and and he writes that in there and i think that's fantastic yeah forces you to look at it so overall thoughts on this chapter
0: Anything Jared, we missed?
1: We were talking about. I don't yeah,
0: know. No, no, no. no I
1: think we're Anything getting... we missed? Anything? We didn't really delve into the whole. how is was Pad and Fane. Well, he can travel. No problem. And I don't have answers for that. He does is... not
2: impact him. Traveling through the, the ways.
1: The ways. Is it just the ways? Can he shimmer? Is he Ooh. our guy from the original no, prologue? I don't think that's like like I think he's something fierce? different.
2: I don't I'm not saying yeah. he can't shimmer yeah.
1: that part. I think there's my, something very unique about this turn of the wheel. Um <laughs> he can shimmy, you know, just not shimmer. Right, he's missing the R. <laughs> 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 he hasn't learned the, the power of the R yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh Anyways, so yeah, I have no guesses there. I just figure. brought it up because that's a question I have. Like, how's this dude just getting all up in every? He's getting in everybody's stuff. Yeah, he's everywhere.
0: All right, moving on to chapter one. Waiting—that's what they're doing. Just, just waiting. And, and the icon is the the two ravens. Um, which we get, we get uh, not two, but a raven. So, like, yeah, yeah. There's, sure. there's a nod to that. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So yeah. So as always, we start with a great paragraph,
1: and I think Ian, you're gonna take it away, right? I got it. The wheel of time turns, and ages come and pass. Leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age, called the Third Age by some, an age yet to come, an age long past, a wind rose in the mountains of mist. The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time, but it was a beginning. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs>
0: yeah love it um yeah Uh, you you become a big fan of that first paragraph because all the books have it so
1: i was gonna ask if you could spoil us and like at this point it seems like all of them have to
0: the wind the wind always rises from somewhere different but yes right
1: yeah Um, you mentioned that before that's great
0: so so yeah and in the falls the wind through the mountains of mist and it comes to a, a a young soul parent sitting there shivering in the cold um so when we left last time, it was around November. So we were going right into the winter. This this is right around the end of winter. So you would guess probably next spring. So it's been a few months uh, since the end of the book. I uh, just yeah. kind of put time frame to it.
1: And, it felt um, like
0: they've been hunkered down here for a while. Yeah, and, and they've been waiting, and they're kind of getting pissed about waiting because um, it's just they want to do something, and they're just kind of hiding up in the mountains. Um, and it kind of describes the, the the mountains and mists around them and that there's a little group of Shinarans with him, about five, I think it's five of them. Um, and he, he just wonders what they're waiting for. Uh, you get a lot of recap too. Uh, Jordan will do this in the beginning of most of his books as it gets a little bit overkill at some points. But you got to think about it. When he was writing these books, there was like a year, maybe a year and a half between the books being released. So... They use these first few um, you know, chapters usually to recap a lot of stuff that we already
1: know, but kind of like yeah. previs- and- previously on. <laughs> There's that, and any good publisher, even in a long series like this, will encourage you to open your book in the first chapters uh, to a brand new reader, like they stumbled upon – they third the third or fourth book of the series so you got to give them Mm -hmm. something to chomp on to and be like wait a minute i need to go back from the beginning and start from scratch sort of thing so there's you know there's that you got to hook them
0: so yeah, thoughts about this opening scene uh, about parents shivering up the mountains and there's some shinarians and they're just kind of sitting around doing just waiting
2: you know, I, it kind of, I guess, in my opinion, shows some of the discontent that um, Rand is having right now. I know we're mm-hmm. not specifically talking about him, but we know Perrin has decided to kind of partner up with, well, not really. Like, he had he first left Rand, so now I'm assuming he's back, mm-hmm. and based on what's going on in the chapter... But we don't know where where Rand's mindset is at. Like he's you know new upon his title, and you know he doesn't know where to go. Like they have the mm-hmm. horn now, so what purpose do they have now? That he feels like he's defeated Beowulf yet again, but you know mm-hmm. we don't completely know if that's true. So I I think the world is just waiting for what's going to come next. You have a lot of unrest throughout the entire world. But winter's come, so, you know, it's just time to shut down and
1: wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's there's two things that I thought about. One, remember the wound he got from Mine, even though um, Nynaeve did some super magic to help heal it. it, There's something significant about it, and I'm assuming it's going to take longer than normal to heal. Um, so that might be part of it, but also uh, in the, in the prologue uh, and I forgot to bring this up, but they made a very good point. Uh, there's a lot of places in this world where we fight wars today, uh, where the level of action is very much dependent on the season. Uh, I mm-hmm. spent 15 months in Iraq, uh, spent half a year in Afghanistan and did some time in Africa and the, um the intensity of action and the frequency of action from people that are trying to cause chaos it it, it definitely correlates with the time of the year Uh, because when it's super crazy hot and when it's super crazy cold people don't want to be effing around like (laughs) you you don't you don't want to freeze to death when you're dropping some terrorism and all that jazz and so um yeah they brought it up in the in the prologue and you know that kind of makes sense you don't want to wage war when uh your men are freezing. It's hard to get supplies. There's not a lot of food stores. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we do that even today. We kind of wait out the the winter and the or the harsh seasons. Yeah. But it's giving, Have to jump ahead, but it's clearly giving Moraine time to gather intel and do whatever the hell it is she's doing here. Yeah. So it's, it's I, working in their favor, maybe.
0: At this point, parents also thinking about the wolves as well, thinks about reaching out to them, but then stops himself. It's like, nope, nope, don't want to do that. Um, I don't to really talk to them. I he's kind of back in denial, uh, not embracing his inner wolf. He hasn't said. I don't
2: know necessarily know that it's a denial. It's just that he doesn't want to embrace it. Like he's at the point again where he doesn't want to accept it anymore. And mm-hmm. I mean, what reason behind that? I mean, other than the fact that he's different from everybody else that he's around, and now it's becoming more and more noticeable mm-hmm. to himself and to those around him. That's probably why. I forgot his name that quick. Our last, no, our last wolf brother. Elias, Elias, like he did away with people. Because at least the wolves didn't necessarily judge
0: him so much.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah.
0: And then, you know, his thoughts go back to the watch. And as he goes back and scans, he sees a a rider way off in the distance. Before we can say anything, Masima, um, uh, one of the Shinarians, sees a raven. And calls it out, but before they can even pull their bows up, you know, Perrin just
1: picks up his bow and shoots it down, like nonchalantly. <laughs> I love um, it: gotta, is, uh... You got to put it in perspective with the next few paragraphs. So sure. it's a massive bow. <laughs> right This bow it's is a, probably the bow. size of Huron, like yeah. it, huge, right?
3: <laughs> uh,
1: and he's, and he's the, <laughs> he's the first to draw and, and nails it dead right. on. And this isn't even Perrin's primary weapon. weapon. I mean, at this point, we haven't heard a lot. I mean, I guess the boys of the two rivers, they can all kind of shoot a bow, sling a rock, all that jazz. But Perrin hasn't really been associated with it very much. And he just whips it out and goes, shepang. Have you he ever been, ski- take them out. You've been You've been ski shooting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: when you're when you're trying to hit clays with a shotgun, and that's with a bird shot, so it sprays. So yeah. like to hit it with a I, anybody here if, if if anybody's listening that's never hunted before to hit a bird in flight with an arrow from the top of a horse like <laughs> with a longbow
1: <laughs> with a longbow it yeah um <laughs> yeah there's no sights this isn't a recurve nothing like that that's that's, that's pretty impressive that's super impressive <laughs> like hey, uh, hey, I've shot a lot of bow stationary with a longbow uh i'd say up to 20 meters stationary i could be pretty consistent and get pretty daggone close to the bullseye hit it mm, two three times out of ten once you start moving the object or you get mm-hmm. further in distance it's a it's a crapshoot <laughs> i mean there's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah so but the other
0: turns sh- 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 are good with their bows as well because right Went, you know, Perrin hits the, but the two arrows right behind it fly where the bird would have been. So, you know, they were on their marks too. Just a little slow. Just a little slow for the draw. Um, and then they, you know, they start halfway making fun of Perrin's bow. You know, like you're saying these next few paragraphs, but they start arguing about the bow. Like, you know, I've never want that long bow on a horseback. You know, you need a short bow. Horseback, and they're like, Yeah, but the thing was pretty impressive, you know. <laughs> they, start, they start arguing about about these long bows because, you know, you get the idea that most of the Shinarans are cavalry, so they would mostly use short bows. Um, reason being, short bows on horseback, uh, longbow gets in the way, uh, especially in charge or you're riding. Um, you think about seven, six foot, seven foot bow, it hangs down to the haunches of the horse, and it's just really tough to fire that. Whereas short bows, yeah. yeah
2: now we mm-hmm. kind of break we, we breezed over Perrin's initial thought like yeah he did this in an instance but he also had a lot of thought in that moment too
3: mm-hmm. he was he just like
2: it could just be a bird but it may not be and we can't take a chance and we have this rider coming up on us and we don't want this bird warning this rider about us we don't know that the bird saw us but
0: yeah yeah so i thank, like thank and he's wondering whether the bird can report, like whether they see through the bird's eyes or just go back to report. And so he's and,
2: thinking about his own ability and trying to think maybe they have the same mm-hmm. ability he has
1: just. Yeah. Can they talk to right? each other?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and we know that the Ravens I, talk to them, but it's the how. Right. Like, are there yeah. other people? I think like the
1: Shinarians made a good point. Mm-hmm. If the Ravens could hive minded or talk very quickly and send it along the line like that um there would have been a lot more shinarans dead in, in the blight yeah. you know
3: hmm.
1: uh and that's that's probably true i yeah. looked I, I looked at the same thing chris but then i started thinking i was like oh well you got to be careful holding on to that logic because as easy logic when you're talking about a raven what about if it's a random person that walks in and you're talking about taking a human life because you don't want to risk them giving away where you're at. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something Perrin would yeah. suffer uh, a lot more on trying to, you know, figure I out. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
0: So then, you know, he definitely goes through the parent's logic or let's use parent's thought process around the bird. And then also uh, he thinks about the dark one himself, all the different names, of the dark one, uh, the wolves call him something different. and um, goes through the, you know, a long list of all the different names. Um, and then they're arguing about the bow and then you know, shuts them up. And it's like, all right, you guys be quiet. And, <laughs> and parent points at, at that point, parent points at the rider because he knows the rider's close enough at that point that their eyes could probably see it
2: she's one of the travelling people
0: yeah a tinker interesting very interesting so what's your thoughts on that like
1: initial thoughts when you saw that it was a tinker coming up so it's always women that are coming right isn't yes. that what they said
0: mhm
1: always women and all sorts of people it's have tinker. visited yeah and it talks about the different types of people that have visited like there's
0: been beggars and merchant women and you know from cl- different classes and different
1: you know, different. Uh, these women that I
2: can channel,
1: that but we're reason. never taught to channel. No kidding. No, <laughs> no, don't, don't kid. Remember how we were talking before about how the numbers were dwindling, but then we learned about Moraine and the Amerlin, and they have like their secret plans and mission. So maybe for some time, Moraine was actually making contact with these women, and instead of bringing them into Tarvalon where they were at risk, to you know, being exposed to the various Azure or the Black Azure or whatever, she kept them where they were at mm-hmm. and, and helped them just enough so that they wouldn't hurt themselves, but where they could still do good for her and part of her plan. Like maybe she was giving them Turkish delights, little silver coins along the way and <laughs> staying connected with them. Could be. Maybe. Yeah, sure.
0: but the idea right here that the Shinarans don't like tinkers that much because they're like it is like bloody
1: tinkers, like uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> they're
0: good for nothing. Like why, why the tinker coming?
1: <laughs> and um, it, it, we it, it, we didn't get good vibes from the tinkers um, from our other characters when we first met them. They're they're at least what they've been taught in the past, you know. Uh, they're just, oh yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, so yeah, everybody's distrusted tinkers, but when we met when we met the tinkers, they were weren't
1: as, cool. Yeah, yeah,
0: they're just pacifists.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say it wasn't necessary. It was just one of those things where they just they were not very impactful. They weren't really mm-hmm. putting forth any effort. They just wanted to be left alone.
0: Yeah. yeah, and at this point, Perrin does lead them out of the thicket because they don't want they you know they think the rider might not see them. And yeah, sure enough, she is almost on them and stumbles and realizes that they're there. Um you know, paired they did, did this little inter, inter, interchange between the two to try to figure out whether, you know, she's a legit person, you know, that's the person they're look waiting for or not. Kind of testing each other out. Yeah, well, who are you looking for? Uh she sometimes calls herself Moraine. Okay. I love how that
2: was <laughs> a she sometimes calls herself Moraine how many other names yeah. do we think moraine has gone through let's take a let's take a guess
0: yeah, <laughs> we, know, we know at least one others uh she went in yeah. beraline as alice alice mm-hmm. yeah.
2: how many do we think she has i'm going to say she has 10 aliases that we'll find throughout the next <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's very it's very polish of her all things to all people yeah. <laughs> there you and go
0: and you get her name. Her name's Leah. Um, the the tinker. This Leah, not Leia? That's very close. Yeah, it's not Leia. It's not. It's not Princess Leah. It's it's Leah. But yeah, close. It's close.
1: <laughs> Why well, pictured her with those rolled up braids? With the developer. Okay, dude, we, we that can do bikini, that. she's all layered in chains.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, how, do, we, do we really want to get this conversation about how, how that crap? Anyway. So, <laughs> how do you find this was the
2: next question. And he said yeah. the answers were almost all the same. She said she shrugged and answered hesitantly. I knew that if I came this way, someone would find me and take me to her. I just knew. I have news for her. So what is the connection? What is the thing that's drawing all of these women to Moraine. Are these all women that she's healed and uh, that she has that connection? Because I know we said maybe. I think it's got to yeah, be a
1: step more.
2: Maybe it's the Turkish delight, but maybe it is the healing. Or, like you said, it could be a connection of some sort. But what what would it be?
1: Well, that might be one of those special gifts, you know, each Aes Sedai seems to have. And, uh, I didn't think about uh, that. Maybe. Maybe Moraine's has to do with being able to build that type of connection that draws you in. Maybe, mm-hmm. Ma- maybe Moraine is Taviran. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Although Loy- Loyal would have told us by now if she That's was. That's
3: true.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Loyal tends to have a
2: knack for these things. No, I love the, the interaction. Mm-hmm. He's just like, finally, said, I was surprised to see one of the traveling people believe as you do. So mm-hmm. he just assumes that she's not against violence?
0: And then she Right. And as yeah. it Right. And as they start walking back, they have a conversation about the pacifist philosophy. And Perrin gets immediately put off by it. Yeah. She's like,
2: it is possible to oppose evil without doing violence.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, <laughs> like be- before he you know. It's not that he agreed with it before, but it seemed like he was a little bit more willing to listen, like, oh, this is silly, but okay, I'll let you speak your piece. But after everything he's been through since, he flat out tells her, look, if you run, they will hunt you and kill you and eat your corpse, or they might not wait until it's a corpse. Either way, you're dead, and it's evil that is won. And there are men that are just as cruel, dark friends and others, yada, yada, yada. Like, he's not even trying to have the conversation. He's convinced, like, your way is just stupid.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How how would that? How long would that work on a trolley? Like really? Like
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so sad that parent used to be so optimistic.
1: Uh, well, been, he's been through a lot. And I, and it's early on. I, I I think I think his point of view on this stuff might change as we go. You never know. Yeah. And, and you know. Uh,
0: Leah does try a little bit to convince him that the way the leaf is the correct way, but Perrin just gets upset, doesn't want to talk anymore about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> she brings up because you know says I think she says something about his weapons or something. He's like says you know well, you know you, you don't like the weapons you carry. Call them yeah. out. It's
1: like she knew. He gets yeah, a- but yeah. to him they're a necessary evil. Well, I think Fair. that's the
0: point she was making.
1: Yeah. Yeah. True.
0: Yeah. And you know, we get some more description. They go over the mountains. There's some like old statues that have weathered away. That might have been a man and a woman, but they're super old. Like they're nothing left really of them. Our uh, um, of
2: the, our tang- Sangreal or Tangreal, whichever are the ones, the big ones. Ah, yeah, the ones yeah. with the
1: crystals. That's
2: one of those. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. W- Wouldn't that be neat if that comes into play? And then, it already to is, to and that's like what's helped keeping them books. hidden. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> and then
0: as they get closer, they start hearing bird calls, which they got full hunger games here, um, and start using bird calls to communicate.
2: <laughs> we do that in our neighborhoods. Um,
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but the, the I guess the bluefinch means that it's a friendly approaching. If it would have been, what, what was the other one? Some kind of jaybird? but they would not have yeah. been? Are um, they had different calls? Different, different, different bird calls that that meant who was coming.
1: Yeah. Which is interesting.
3: Yeah, it's
1: gotta have those uh, hidden communications, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And we we still we still use those. We use that in World War II, and we mm-hmm. we still use that in the military today. You yeah. Know? yeah. You don't just scream. I'm a friendly coming in. <laughs> 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 It's not always that simple. It does, doesn't. That doesn't work. <laughs> uh, Flash, thunder.
0: Yeah. So, uh, and you get the description of this passageway into the tent, to, uh, into the camp too, which is a very, very easily defensible. Um, like kind of like it was a canyon. A canyon um, going yeah. going in. Definitely narrows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get the description of the camp. So they come around the corner. It's like a big bowl and like a little valley. And there's lo- little log cabin things, and um, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of sparse. The stream running through. They're in a good. They're in a good spot.
3: That
2: amongst the trees oh. around the vaulted log huts, not visible, so that the cook fires at the bottom of the bowl seemed to be the shelter. There were fewer than a dozen in sight, and not so many more out of sight. Them looked around, the sound of the horses and of the people there. It's not a huge encampment. Mm-hmm. But it seems like, you know, a lot yeah, of good people. And I got, and also got the cooking pots going. Nice little cozy outing, mm-hmm. like I can see. And we should just invite everybody out and do a little outing like that. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Just stay, stay away from the poison ivy. That's it. There you go.
2: thirty degrees out.
1: Yeah, yeah, a little bit colder. You'll have better. And then he goes,
2: "Welcome to the camp yeah. of the dragon reborn."
0: Yeah. So the banner flies. It's the dragon Baron. but also there's they describe loyals there, men's there, and that's when, yeah. The chapter ends with parents saying, "Welcome to the camp of the dragon reborn." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah that's how we start this book Uh there's not much that happens as a prologue but you know this first chapter not much happens but it's just kind of sets okay. up the scene of where they are
1: what's going on and he tells it that this this kind of repetition has been going on for a while and there's a little bit of restlessness at least from Perrin mm-hmm. so you know it's, it's yeah. set
0: the stage okay uh, any other thoughts from this chapter or any or of the chapters?
2: No, I'm excited now. I, it's funny. I will make that statement. Like, towards the three quarters of the way through book two, I'm like, could he drag this along anymore? Like, I really <laughs> didn't have that thought. And then, like, the last five chapters, I'm like, Lord, we're, lead- we're reading five chapters. Okay, we'll get through this. And then, by the end of the last chapter, I'm like, all right, let's start book three. yeah i need i need more it's like a drug it's like the minute you come off the high and you think it's not worth
0: it yeah well there's 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 a (laughs) a, there's a meme out there it's like robert jordan's first half of the book like like describing dresses and smoothing skirts and like nothing really going on second half of the book it's like a guy like rocking out to like hard rock music (laughs) like like, (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) um So that's um, yeah. That's definitely uh, uh, he definitely uh, spends time. Yeah, he sets the stage. But I'm learning to appreciate it though, because and again, our slow pace helps with this. But I've already learned that it is actually worth it to not breeze through and skip over the slow chapters because there will be something. There will be a piece of something. There will be a description. There will be some odd mention that comes together and makes sense in this ultimate like battle scene at the end and it's that much better if you catch it. So yeah. yeah. It's worth so far <laughs> I say it's worth it. Alright. So who are you guys favorite
0: characters from these chapters? Oh shit. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well the
2: Lord Captain Commander. I didn't even think of that. The Lord mm-hmm. Commander, Pedro Nile. And I don't really have a favorite character in this chapter. Like, I oh, mean, okay. just well, overall, yeah. like, Perrin would yeah, clearly yeah. be the the winner, but like,
0: he not not you know, you know, bloody, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, bloody cowards. Kind <laughs> of mean to him. He's are mean making that statement. We don't know no. enough about the sinkers. They might yeah. be the savior of the world. <sighs> the sinkers have that song. What what? Are... When they find yeah, the they song, the they're going to sing yeah. the song and the world's going to heal. It's going to become one piece again. Why can't we are yeah. the one? Right, I like your song
1: better. <laughs> Let the body sit the floor. Let the body sit the floor. Let the body
3: sit the
1: floor. <laughs> That's Rans. And then Rand comes out and dices him up. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I think that's the um, sorry. Sorry. Me. Yeah. what are what are we calling our Pat and Fane who's he going by and 4D mm-hmm. so yeah uh, assuming that is Pat and Fane I'll give the nod to him not that I like him it, it doesn't even have to do with the feeling bad for him it's just the being impressed with he's just getting mixed up with everything like his influence is everywhere and that's dangerous yeah yeah so I'll get I'll get yeah, the. You were the idea. one that liked Little Things. Okay. Thrones. <laughs> Fucking hated them. Like I I uh but so in Game of Thrones it so I didn't I didn't entirely read the books, but in the HBO series, you didn't get much backstory to make you feel bad uh, for them. All you true. saw was the shitty selfishness, yeah. you know? So if the books got more in depth, maybe I would have, but no. Out in the series. He was just All right. And then next chapters we're going to
0: cover. We're going to do two again. It's going to be another short episode. So we'll we're start, we're start a little slow. We'll build up um, in season three just because of the way the chapters flow together. Um, this, this is the way it happened. It works. We'll do two next week. And then the week after that, we'll do two next week. And then we'll do three and then three and. Two, two books?
1: We get to do two books? Dude, no, two chapters. Two
0: chapters. <laughs> two chapters. The next two chapters are Sidene. That's chapter two, Sidene. And chapter three is News from the Plane. Nice. Yeah. So now so we're bringing in I don't know if you have thoughts about that. I'm kidding. So like no, no, like plain, like yeah. the olive plain, like yeah, it's uh, spelled differently. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you never know with Jordan. No, yeah, you never, you did never know it. But...
2: Well, I mean, you know, but we don't know. I mean, anyway, so Cydean, like clearly, sure. we're going to have some more. Hopefully, we get a better understanding. Like, I don't want more magic; I want a better understanding of the magic.
1: I, I'm with you, Chris. I, I get this eerie feeling that, like. Actually, being able to define it is going to take us a while, but I would love. Now, now's as good a time as ever. Like he, he finally declares himself the dragon, I would love to have a chapter or so where they really get into the nitty gritty of it, Uh instead of just hints along the way. But so far, Jordan doesn't just flat out pause and say, "Let me give you all this background on this one topic." He he flirts with us, he dabbles here and there, so. <laughs> I L- little I wish, like you i yeah. want
2: to know what his writing process is like
1: we'll get it
0: yeah that's maybe, a good point. hopefully um matt hatch would have been the person to ask because like, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean he took tons of I, I knew roger i mean took tons of notes i mean that's that's well known because they pour through his notes all the time um because he had different things planned for different characters. They like, changed.
2: You have to have a notebook um, so, per character, per thought.
0: Like, But the funny thing is, is there is stuff that was mentioned in book one that doesn't come back up until the last book. Like, Which means that in his mind, <laughs> in book one, he already had that Figured all- out. Like, he already had the whole story. That's what I'm saying. Like, his
2: word wall must have been huge, and he must have had all these little connectors all over the place. And he probably was, like, slightly crazy or something. But (laughs) who knows? Maybe. It takes a certain level of crazy to get that much genius. So I've been appreciating the reading so far.
0: So I'll go ahead and wrap yep. the episode up now, how you can be found. Um as always, uh the same place we always are, same bat channel, same bat time at the Wheel Reads, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh thewheelreads at gmail.com is your email, the wheelreads.com is our website. So It's lots of just pretty much type in anything and either slash the Will Reads or just type in the Will Reads, you'll find us. Um, uh, Discord, Um, our links to that are found on our website or you can message me or go to any of your social media, and all those Discord links are are there. So that's one way. Um,
1: So, Alan, Alan, if I type in pornhub.com slash Will (laughs) Reads, what do I get? I don't, I don't want to talk about that. I don't. Someone out there is going to check it. I'm not going to. I don't want to know. Anyways, so um
0: Patreon. That's the best way to support us, not on Pornhub. Um, but Patreon is a great way to support us. Um, um, uh, go check out the levels. We have six different tiers there. Um, uh, so check out the different ones. Pick the one that fits you best. Like, start a dollar someone just said I can set up a f- only fans. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. So Patreon and then, uh, um, and then merch. Yeah. So mm-hmm. our merchandise store, the link for that is also found on our website. Um, also on our discord channel, the, uh, or you can just message me. Um, uh, that's new creations by Jen slash slash the or something like that. So it's a little bit more of a harder, uh, website to remember, but just, uh, click on the links that you can find on the dot or on our website. Um, they'll take you right there. So, um, uh, a good place to buy our merch. Uh, otherwise just feel free to like us, um, on whatever platform you listen to us on. Um, uh, subscribe, write a review. Um, I checked the other day. We had like, I think we have 23 reviews on Apple podcast or something like that. Um, So yeah. So it's hey. pretty cool. Um, they're all good. Um, people I don't know, too. So I thought I'd just be like people from Discord reviewing me. But there are people on there that don't recognize at all. So, um, But yeah, good feedback and stuff like that. So definitely enjoy reading through. Um, just, just Google searched ourselves. <laughs> and that's how I found them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's about all I have for this week. Anything else from you guys?
1: Peace. Until next time. Thank
0: you for listening to The Wheel of Reads. See y'all next time.